The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? I'm Gammy. And I'm her husband, Rodney. And this is Positively Gam. How are you, babe? I'm good. Welcome back to Positively Gam. I really wanted to have you on this podcast because we're talking about men's health. Yes, and that is a great topic, especially where we are in life right now. Yeah. Definitely in the aging process having some of the issues that we're, we're going to be discussing with Dr. McFadden. Yeah. How do you feel about your relationships with, with doctors? You feel you feel comfortable going? I think you're, you're pretty comfortable going with the, do. the doctor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that will go at the drop of a hat. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, afraid to show up at the doctor's office like a lot of men are. Yeah. So, um, what about your friends? You, you feel like your friends are... At this age, yes, they're, they're, they get it. Um, they're starting to, you know, they'll go for pretty much anything now. But it's In a, our younger days, not so much. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think I think this age, at, as we get older, um, I think all of our friends probably are a little right. bit more um, cognizant about going to, to the doctor. But, you know, in the younger, back in the younger days, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I also think there are things that are take, you know, forcing them to go now. They're having issues that yeah. are driving them to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. More so than preventive maintenance. They're going because of they're having issues. Yeah. Their bodies up. We're, we're, we're falling apart. We're falling apart. 
Dr. Cedric McBadden is a surgeon, speaker, writer, and mentor. He's a board-certified general and colorectal surgeon and teaches as a clinical assistant professor of surgery. He treats a wide range of disorders and is a huge advocate for Black men's health. Welcome, Dr. McFadden, to Positively GAM. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for lending some time to a very important topic. Absolutely. And I definitely wanted to have my husband Rodney in this conversation because we're going to focus on men's health. So I want to start off, Dr. McFadden, with what's your take on why it's so hard to get men to just go to the doctor? Yeah, that's a really heavy question with probably many different answers. You know, I think it's our culture, right? We start off by telling young girls that by the age of 16, they need to have their first visit with their gynecologist. It's the expectation that we set early on that you're going to go to this doctor yearly. And as you get older, as you have children, you're going to see that doctor more frequently. We don't do that for guys. No one's telling young men at 16 at what age they should start going to have a well male check and the frequency at which they should do it. So we don't really do that culturally. And I think some people are afraid. I mean, I think 41 out of five men don't go to the doctor because they're afraid of what they're going to find out by going. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Rodney said the same thing when we were having the conversation that, you know, women start their relationship with healthcare very early. And I'm a nurse and I never even thought about that perspective of it. Well, and and it's, it's not even just a relationship. It's almost like, their best friend. They sort of bond over the fact that, you know, their interest and they have a really good relationship. They form that bond and men don't do the same traditionally right. with their doctors. And, you know, there can be some embarrassment for men. There could be, like I said before, some fears. And it could be the fact that perhaps they can't afford it. Do they have the insurance oh, to get yeah. to the doctor? So many different reasons why. Dr. McFadden, how do we convince more men to go to the doctor? Well, I think we, we, we start by, you know, having a conversation about why is it important? I mean, you know, we often talk about our cars. We get our oil changes. We mm-hmm. get our tires rotated. We don't wait until the car is smoking before we take it into the mechanic. We do some preventive things. Well, the same thing's true for our bodies. We don't wait until we break down to get the help that we need. So we have to acknowledge along the way and break it apart and make it easy and palatable to do these visits so that you know you're not doing everything, but you're doing small things along the way so that you have longevity and that you have great health throughout your life. How do you recommend that men even find a good doctor? Because I guess you're just looking for a general practitioner or a family practitioner. Yeah. I mean, we often go to doctors that either our families have traditionally gone to or our friends. So that's a good place to start, you know, asking your friends, you know, they know your temperament. They know what things you may be looking for. But just starting with the friends, who do you go to for a doctor? And if you're working and you have insurance, that's a great place to start because often your insurance coverage is going to tell you who your options include. But I think aside from that, there's often a lot of spaces over the Internet now with reviews and bios. We often look for sometimes people who look like us. And that could mean, you know, looking at pictures and, and looking at backgrounds. Where'd you go to college? Where'd you grow up? We, we generally open up to people who have commonalities, yeah. whatever they are. So finding people who we are comfortable with, because we're going to be opening up to them, sometimes about very sensitive topics from, you know, sexually transmitted diseases, erectile dysfunction, you know, the things that you don't want to talk to anybody about, 
you got to feel comfortable talking with your doctor about that stuff. Yeah. Rodney, how did you find your doctor? I looked at bios. I, you just suggested that. And I, I took that route. I looked at bios and I looked for commonality as well. But strangely enough, I chose a woman. I feel comfortable talking to her. I, we do regular checks. She checks everything. I, I really don't have a problem with it. Uh, but I could see how that could be an issue for some men. It's pretty common, you know, just because you are, you know, people often think, well, if you're a person of color, if you're black, or you're looking for a black doctor, that may not be the case. You know, your comfort level and what you're looking for, male, female, older, young, may come at different, you know, ranges. And so that's, that's a really important thing, finding somebody who you often feel comfortable talking to, but will also listen. Yeah. That's the key. Are they listening to you and are they taking your concerns and your thoughts seriously? When I'm thinking of younger men, when it comes to, to health care, I'm thinking of, OK, girls usually get introduced to their to a gynecologist at somewhere between 12 and 15. So for young men, I'm wondering if it is typically their first experience might be related to a sports injury or something like that. Well, well, I mean, I think the sports physicals, right? So before you can even start the team, you know, I remember from my days in high school, that was a pretty quick exam that really didn't feel very involved. I mean, they check your heart, they check for hernias, and that's really about it, it felt. So I do think that can be the start. And often that's when they find things that need follow up. But I do think that can initiate it, but it still has to extend beyond that. So when you think about going through life stages, are there particular screenings, specific screenings that men need to be looking out for, like 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s? What are, are there specific yeah. screenings that need to be done? Like women have, to, have to get mammograms and... Pap smears. And what are the things that men need to be doing? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I hope, you know, all the audience has their pens and papers out because it it can be exhaustive to get the entire life. But let's start really quickly. You know, by 20s, I think it's important that men, first of all, establish a relationship with the doctor. Even before their problems, you want to find a doctor that you can trust and talk to. And so the initial things, I think, in your 20s is important to do some of your immunization work. That If you have a family history of certain problems, such as your heart or diabetes or any of those problems, that's the time to establish that history that you can then talk with your doctor because depending on your family history, you may be doing some screening sooner than later. Mm. So perhaps checking for, you know, blood pressure, looking at for heart disease. And by your thirties, most people are going to start doing either like an EKG. They're also checking for their blood pressure and making sure their cholesterol is within check. So that's just routine blood work as well. By the time you're in your 40s, especially black men, we're going to start talking about testing for prostate cancer. And now that's just a blood test, like a PSA that's drawn. And depending on the results of that, there may be other things that you do. 45 is the age at which now we screen for colorectal cancer. And that's for men and women, black and white. However, if there's a family history of colorectal cancer, you're going to begin screening 10 years before that family member was affected. So if mom was 42 when she was diagnosed with colorectal cancer, you're not waiting to 45. You're going to begin 10 years earlier at 32. Got it. Looking for that. Now, did that age change recently? Did it drop? It did. Yeah. Yeah. 
It did, because we, we were seeing a lot of young people. I mean, we know Chadwick Bozeman is one yeah. prominent example, but there have been that were diagnosed with colorectal cancer before 50, which most of us have always thought of colorectal cancer as an older person's disease. And fortunately, we've seen a decreased incidence in colorectal cancer over the years, but we've seen an increase in those under the age of 50 being diagnosed with colorectal cancer. So much as 1.5% per year increases in people under the age of 50. So that age decreased to 45 in 2017. The United States Preventive Task Force echoed it, and they also recommended it last year as well. Yeah, I, I remember it first really becoming, coming to my attention years ago when Katie Couric's husband was diagnosed yeah. and succumbed eventually to colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. And she started bringing that whole, having your colonoscopy, bringing that to the attention. And I think she had, when she was one of the first people, I think that had hers on camera. I remember that anyway. I'm glad you mentioned that. So that brings to me, like what, what is the, maybe a good age where men should think about getting a colonoscopy? So I think 45, Okay, 45's age, unless there's a family history, you need to do it sooner. All right. And that can be, you know, for all of us at 45. So Doctor, we're and having then, a debate. We're having a, a small debate right here because no, let's, no, don't you do it. So Rodney's doctor has just suggested to him. Now, Rodney is 65 and he has suggested that Rodney just needs or she has suggested that he just needs to do a guaiac test or, you know, the testing for blood in the stool. I don't think that is enough at his age. I feel like he needs a full colonoscopy. Well, let's talk. So there are other ways in which we test for colorectal. However, it may not be right for everybody. If you are high risk, meaning if you have a family history of colorectal cancer, or if you yourself have a personal history of polyps and or cancer, if you have symptoms of colorectal cancer, which includes bleeding, changes in your bowel habits, anything like that, those are not the test for you, okay? So if you've had polyps before, you need to have a colonoscopy. And if that guaiac test is positive, you're still going to come to have a colonoscopy. It's not a bad test at all. It's pretty straightforward. And most people say it's one of the best naps they'll ever have. But the other thing you got to remember is if you're going to do that guaiac test, you're not going to be doing it every 10 years like you would a colonoscopy. You may be doing that yearly, depending on the results, and then other testing may be required. Yeah, so right now I think I'm doing it yearly. I'm pretty sure it's yearly. Yeah. And that's enough? I, so it, I don't have I'm a... Fighting that. I'm fighting that. Yeah, I don't have a family history. I've had a colonoscopy and I, I didn't have any issues, no polyps or anything like that. So maybe that's why she's chosen that route. Yeah, I think, first of all, I mean, I often have this conversation with patients and, and I tell them that, you know, some testing is better than no testing. Yeah. And there are some patients that will not do a colonoscopy. And there are other types of screenings. I mean, there's the commercials that you see now for the DNA-based. There's some other sort of blood tests that are coming on the market. So there are some other options if a patient won't do a colonoscopy. And sometimes I'll take whatever they'll give me as long as it still fits within the parameters. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't 
feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get back to this business about men still being resistant to seeking medical evaluation, even in a preventive 
sense. And but I think you you talked about it earlier where it's a lot of it is could just be lack of health insurance, too. So I wanted to know if there's any kind of like for women, women can get mammograms for free. There there are places that, that will do free screenings. Are there any options like that for men when it comes to just routine screenings if you don't have health insurance? And if you don't have health insurance, what do you do? Yeah, that's a tough one. And that's why we see a lot of people show up with problems that are foregone and more advanced because they didn't get the preventive things done like a colonoscopy. Most hospitals have sponsorship type programs Mm -hmm. that you can inquire about and that you may have to do some paperwork and some legwork but it can be done through hospital sponsorships in many cases. I've had patients tell me that they were just instructed to go to the ER, which sometimes makes the wait longer and may, you know, not be the most ideal for all parties, but sometimes that's the only option that you have. There are other organizations in full disclosure, like the Colorectal Cancer Alliance that will help with defraying some of the cost or offering other screening options for colorectal cancer. I sit on the board of one of their medical advisory committees, but I still think there are some resources you can look into like that can offer some reduced cost, as well as looking at most cities have free medical clinics that will help send referrals out to the doctors that participate. I myself have done it for years Mm -hmm. where you'll see patients through a clinic setting where they can get reduced medical coverage if not free. Now, in my family, I, I that's just not an issue. I, I just happen to have a family where the men in the family go to the doctor all the time, like all the time. Rodney, what about you and your friends? I, I don't think you... <laughs> I typically go to the doctor a lot at an early age. I was an asthmatic as a kid and I was sick a lot. I got introduced to having relationship with doctors for that reason. And I had to go to the, to the doctor weekly to get shots throughout elementary, junior high, and some of high school. So those were probably allergy shots. They were, but it was, so the transition was easier for me to just go to the doctor for regular health and stuff like that. A lot of my friends, on the other hand, didn't have that introduction and they struggle with going to the doctor. Yeah. Well, it's like people going to the dentist. Some people don't go to the dentist as a child, and therefore, as an adult, they have such a fear of going to the dentist because it wasn't set. So have you talked to your friends and encouraged them along the way to, hey, get the checkup that you need? Absolutely. I mean, now at this age, they all go. <laughs> you know, yeah. they all go because yeah, they get it. Yeah. You know, as you get older, you feel your body just right. falling apart and not <laughs> behaving. Are there any specific diseases that are more common in in black men? I would think like high blood pressure, diabetes. Yeah. So the top three, you know, we always talk about heart disease, Mm -hmm. which includes all the conversations about, you know, congestive heart failure. We also include high blood pressure. But then there's also cancer is also at the top of that list as well. And so there goes a lot of work toward the preventive and the treatment aspects. And there are others, though. You know, diabetes is at the top of the list as well that creates synergistic efforts with heart disease and that may then lead to other problems. I mean, think about this. If you have 
diabetes and it's not managed, it can then lead to kidney problems, right. which if not managed well can lead to needing dialysis, which if not managed well leads to having to miss time off from work. It then is very hard to have a job if you're having to go to dialysis three days a week for four or five hours. And so you see how kind of one spark could then lead itself to get out of control to where you can never really grapple and now be able to work and now be able to continue to afford the care that you need. You know, that's why I'd like to focus a lot on the preventive so we don't ever get to that place where we have to be on dialysis. Yeah. And what do you think some of the reasons are that these diseases are so prevalent among um, Black men? I, I I'm thinking yeah. nutrition. Yeah, yeah, that's a part of it. Um, you know, gen- genetics goes to play. But, you know, we've seen studies that have shown that if you correct for just getting the good care that, say, their counterparts good, that the outcomes can be equally as good. Meaning, are the doctors offering the same treatment, the same aggressive clinical trials for, say, cancer for a black male as they would somebody else? Mm. And so there's a conversation that centers around, you know, systemic racism, being able to get time off from work to go to the doctor. If you're frontline, you may not be able to, to get that time off. And when you get to the doctor, are they talking to you in language that you can understand? And is there any biases on either front? that then becomes a barrier to getting the good care that you deserve. And I often think about people who are on public transportation. You know, if the bus or whatever doesn't go near your doctor's office, is that going to be an issue? I mean, so there's just many layers to that. And it's not just genetics. It's not just nutrition, even though that is a big part of it. You know, we can do things that can help, you know, eating well, eating fruit, eating vegetables, Limiting red meat, limiting alcohol, and if you're smoking, quit smoking. Right. Um, maintaining a healthy weight. Nearly, you know, sixty percent of of men are considered either overweight or obese, and that in itself is a red flag for other problems such as heart disease and diabetes. So there are things that we have control over, and there are things that we may not have control over, but. Let's take care of the things that we can control. But even when you're talking about, even when you're talking about food disparity, knowing that, you know, a lot of times there are good, healthy markets, you know, so access to healthy foods and is definitely an issue. Even thinking about the pandemic, I would think that has hindered people's ability to get to the doctor and having access and things like that. Um, I, I think it has, you know, for many of us, People didn't want to go out. No one wanted to, especially think about going to a hospital. You're thinking, I don't want to go into the pandemic. And so that kept a lot of people from wanting to have important screenings like colonoscopies or just getting their routine follow-up, making sure they had their medications available if they were working, keeping those funds available so they could pay for those medications. And so that kept a lot of people from out into the doctor's office. Now, we continue to do televisits and seeing people over the computer, over the telephone. But yeah, that was a barrier for many people in getting the care. And could they get an appointment because of the backlog of people trying to get into the doctor's office? Yeah, absolutely. And one one last thing, Dr. Um, McFadden, I just wanted to know that, you know, it was such a shock and, you know, to see the demise of Chadwick Bozeman at such an early age did you find that more younger people were starting to come in for testing 
Yeah, we did. I mean, so I actually am in the upstate of South Carolina, and this is right where Chadwick Bozeman's from. Yeah. And so I remember as soon as that happened, I mean, we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. And I mean, aside from my own feelings of wanting to make sure I was doing the right thing, I saw patients coming in who looked just like me about my same age who actually came in because of Chadwick Bozeman. So much to the point that one of the two that I remember specifically came in and we found an early staged cancer that had he not come in because of Chadwick Bozeman's death, we would have never found. And he could have had a very different outcome than what he now had because he did come in just to be checked because of hearing about Chadwick Bozeman. So we continually hear that where people say, oh, I remember he had it. I want the same test. I want to make sure I don't have the same thing. So there's a power in the influence or the recognition. You mentioned Katie Couric. I know Will did the same thing with his colonoscopy. That all helps. That all helps. Yeah, And actually, my daughter and I did the same thing (laughs) this year. We actually had a colonoscopy done. It was my daughter's first time, not my first time, even though I was late. I was late for my second go round. I got it. We got it done. We got it done. And and again, that's why I just impressing Rodney so much. I just I don't know. There's something about that little test, that little blood test. It just doesn't seem sufficient to me. Like how you. Yeah, I actually requested a colonoscopy from my doctor. And she said, based on what they saw in the stool sample, she didn't feel as though I needed it. She said it. Yeah. So that's, so that's a great point. I mean, so here we go. I mean, this is, and, and, and again, we don't know each other outside of this setting, but I'll say that we hear that often where I'll have a patient that will come in to tell me, he said, I would have done the test had they, had they told me to get it. And I always come back to question is the same dialogue happening among all patients. Right. My question to you again, is it reasonable for him to say, no, I'm not satisfied with that. I would like to have a colonoscopy and press for it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, it is certainly still his space to say, thank you. I would like to do another option. Yeah. I would like to pursue another option. And the colonoscopy, I mean, you know, it's for all the reasons that people don't want to have one. As we mentioned earlier, it's a fairly easy test. Right. I mean, you go in, you get an IV, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's all over. You do have to prep the day before, which is not as bad as it used it to be. Is I've not. said it before. Yeah. It is not your grandmother's colonoscopy. Right. <laughs> right. It's a very different day. The prep is smaller, the experience, you get great sleep. Yep. I would at the end of the day, you don't want to say, I wish I would have. Right? Yeah. Most of us now use what we call IV propofol which a lot of people got familiar with it because of Michael Jackson. And there's a reason, I mean, that medication works well. I mean, you go to sleep like here, you wake up like this without all the added side effects. And it's one of the best sleeps that you'll ever, best naps that you'll have. So recovery is generally pretty straightforward. You go home, you can generally eat what you like that day. The only restriction that day is no driving right? just because of the sedative that, that, that you had. But colonoscopy is not a painful procedure. You, you really don't know that you even had it done other than the pictures that they give you afterwards that proves that they did exactly. it. Exactly. And, but, and I think that also the information that you get from it, because, okay, I did have, I didn't have any symptoms, but I did have a polyp mm-hmm. and they also. Which, which, which they would not have seen exactly. with the blood test. 
yeah. without the test, they wouldn't have seen it. So that you don't know whether you have any polyps or not, Rodney, because you're asymptomatic. But so was I, I wasn't right. having any symptoms about anything. And also there's some discoloration on my exam that they want me to come back in three years instead of five because of the d- discoloration that they think they know what it's from because of a laxative that I use on a regular basis. And they asked me to stop taking that laxative, but I take the laxative for a reason. But anyway, but I'm trying to follow their instructions. But that's, again, that's my reason for wanting him to get the actual colonoscopy because there are things that are going on that you can't see. And that little blood test can't pick up on. And and I'll tell you what's happening here is one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons why we get men to the office is because of the women in their lives. I mean, I can't tell you the benefit that women have in the lives or the health of their men. Thank you. Um, you know, from, <laughs> well, from, and Ronnie, I'm sorry, I'm, I just got to tell you this. Um, even from early on, you know, it's often the mom that takes the son to the right. doctor. Even if it's not husband and wife, it's the niece taking the uncle or the granddaughter taking the grandfather. The women in our lives often are the main reason why we get the care that we ultimately get. And whether it be that you say, you know what, I'm tired of hearing you talking about it. I'm going to go do it. If it's what gets you to the office to get whatever tests that you need to have done, you know, I think there's still a power to that. So kudos to you for having this conversation because it's a very similar one that we have all over. Yeah. I just wanted to stress the fact that we understand that there is and has been, and there is a reason why there is a still this underlying mistrust in the medical community within our culture. We understand that. But, you know, just understand that your health is important. And sometimes one doctor that you go to, it may not be a good fit. And be free to be an advocate for yourself. Do your own research. If your relationship with one doctor is not working, then do your due diligence and try someone else. And never be afraid to ask for a second opinion. I often will offer my patients a second opinion to say, listen, why don't you get another opinion from someone else? Because I need a patient to have full confidence in not only the care that they're given, but I need them to rest in understanding that they're getting everything they need. Yeah. And sometimes that is a second opinion. And that's your right. And don't feel, you know, the sense that you are going to hurt the doctor's feelings or look bad. By all means, if you don't feel like you're getting what you need, ask for a different opinion. Ask for a different doctor. That's okay. I encourage it. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So, Dr. McFadden, what are three takeaways that our listeners can um, take away from this conversation? Well, I think number one could be prevention is the key for the diseases that we've talked about today. It's much easier to take care of a problem before it's a problem Mm -hmm. than when it's full blown. So that's key. Number two is early recognition and attention to signs or symptoms. Mm so that you're not ignoring something and again, allowing things to get much worse. And I think number three is become a self-advocate, become the person that says, this is what I need for my healthcare. If you have problems being that self-advocate, find somebody who can help you. So either bring somebody else with you to the doctor's appointment. Often men come in with a list of questions that their wives have said, make sure you ask these questions. (laughs) 
you know, that's okay. Because it all is a part of giving you the support and the care that you need to make sure we're taking the best care of you, which is most important. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. McFadden, for joining Rodney and I today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. McFadden. Thank you for inviting me and Rodney. Let me know about what happens with this colonoscopy because I feel like you're going to get gonna it. I'm going to get one soon. You know that, right? I feel like you're going to get it. I'm scheduling one this week if I can. <laughs> Later on today. Where can people find you on social media to learn more about you and get additional health information, Dr. McFadden? Absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook at C-E-D-R-E-K-M-D. That's Cedric M-D. And on my website, CedricMD.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be following up Thank with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. It's a pleasure. And that's our show for this week of Positively Gam. Thank you for joining me, Rodney. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. You can follow me online at Gammy Norris. And you can follow me at I am Rodney Norris. Also, help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and by hitting the follow button on iHeartRadio. Stay grateful, y'all. Positively Gam is produced by Red Table Talk Podcast and iHeartRadio. Executive producers are Adrian Banfield-Norris, Fallon Jethro, and Jada Pinkett-Smith. Our audio engineer is Calvin Bailiff. And our associate producer is Irene Bischoffberger. Our theme song is produced by D Beats. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.